Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. All right, welcome back to another episode, episode 168, Two Drunk Brothers in the Podcast. This is your host, well, now host, I guess, uh, Travis Ryan, featuring permanent part-time Ethan Short, <laughs> without benefits. I'm basically, basically an unpaid intern um, at this point, but okay, always we're here, unpaid, always We're happy. unpaid full-time. Absolutely. We're unpaid. That you're just we're part time, you're permanent part time. That's all it is. Um, what's going on, Ethan? Not much. Uh, gearing up for another lovely semester at the George Mason University. Um, not as a student, for those of you who are not aware of my current situation, I just work at the university. <laughs> <laughs> I don't make quite go. as much money as Kim English does. Um, but am am employee at said university. Am am an employee. I am not. He is. Well, that's fun. What do you got on tap tonight? Literally. You're gonna love this one. Uh, because I've never heard of it before, but it was in my fridge. It is a skipjack bohemian lager. Um, I it's from Union Craft Brewing. Skipjack never had it. Bohemian lager. It's not you too bad. Sing us this tune. Bohemian Rhapsody Lager. It, I don't think it's quite as tasty as those tunes, but uh, All right. I'll give it a solid five point seven because it gets the job done. Well, I have the Prince of Beers, the heir to the throne of the King of Beers, mm-hmm. just the traditional Bud Light. Thanks. No Yachty Wayno. Uh, no big cans. This was a drunken purchase this weekend, thanks to. Longtime listener, guest on the show, Cyrus Miller. Thank you, Cyrus. Mm-hmm. He, we came back to my house on Saturday night uh, after a long night at the horse races, and he purchased a twenty pack of Bud Light bottles. Left them in my fridge on Sunday for me to Fine. keep. So there you go. You are contributing to my alcoholism. So thank you. Well, sir. water is free, so um, it's right up there oh. with it. <laughs> hey, hey. The Bud Light is not my first choice. <laughs> if it's there, I will drink it. Fair. I mean, I can't say anything because Mickle is a pretty good go-to of mine. Hey, Mickle is better than Bud Light. Don't don't downgrade Mickle. That, that don't bring fast. them into this. That is fast. Um. Outside of that, we have on on tap for you on the other side of taps <laughs> this week. Uh. AFC South and NFC South preview. And then we're going to try to reheat, you know, get some kindling in the fire and our UFC bets uh, with UFC 277 pay-per-view card this weekend. Cause our UFC has been just stick it in the freezer. Ice fucking cold, ice cold. We've been, yeah, but you know, good card to heat it back up. couple of good fights on the card. A uh, couple of title That's fights. Correct. So there is a title f- women, the women's uh, 
fucking I'm, why am I drawing a blank on the weight class? They, she switches back and forth. Uh, there's the women's bantamweight title fight, and then the men's flyweight interim uh, title fight, and then there's a couple other good ones. So there's a handful, not a pay per view card that I will buy. I won't be. I will be in no service to buy it. Hopefully, I can keep up to date on it. But we have some picks for you coming with that. Hopefully, we can reheat back up Absolutely. in our second installation of AFC NFC divisional previews. So without further ado, we're going to hop right into AFC South talk and we're going to, the way I'm, we're going to do it this week. Uh, by the way, obviously those, of you know, Jared is not here this week. Um, oh, man, we're going to run down. Really quiet. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not. We are going to run down division from top to bottom and how they finished last year, just because it makes it easier that way. So let's start it off with the Titans additions and departures additions. Really the only notable ones they had Robert Woods, Austin Hooper, uh, notable departures. Uh, they lost Donta Foreman backup running back AJ Brown. As we all know, Julio Jones we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, Anthony Ferkser, And then on the offensive line, David Kissenberry, Roger Saffold, on the defensive side, Jayon Brown, Rashawn Evans, Jack Rabbit, stupid fucking nickname Jenkins, and Buster Screen, who retired. Um, lost a lot, didn't add a lot. How recently did Buster Screen retire? That is just because it's I don't showing know if he up on my like the middle of last season or what? Yeah, it's just showing up on my additions as him uh, signing with re-signing with the team. So I don't know if he re-signed really? and then retired or retired and then re-signed. This is, I mean, I don't know how up to date this is. I'm getting it off of NFL.com though. But Mine on NFL.com said that was on his departures that he retired. I wonder if it's showing up on both. It sure is. It's showing up on both. So he must have re-signed and then retired. Had to have been. Interesting. Yeah. Either Probably way. So. I have their, Either uh, way. I have their additions right here for you all. Um, so they... Resigned Dontrell Hilliard, so not an addition, but they got Robert Woods, Austin Hooper, um, Jeff Swaim resigned to contract extension. Austin, oh, did Austin you already mention additions? Robert Woods. I just did the two because they were like the ah, only two that I found yeah. that would literally anybody would know who the fuck they are. That's true. <laughs> That's very good. Um, as we all know, the Titans' offense relies pretty heavily on Derrick Henry, um, and then they lost AJ Brown. And a couple of big offensive line pieces in Kissenberry and Saffold. Uh, and then as well as some secondary talent. And they all and but they replaced them with like below average talent that's kind of yeah. equal. Um defense stayed the same. Offense looks a lot less than they leave a lot to be desired. We'll put it that way. Yeah. I put it that I, way. I look at it and I'm just like I mean, I know it's been this way for the last couple of years, but even more so this year, this offense is Derrick Henry. I, I don't know any other way to put it. So, yeah, I mean, they drafted um, that kid from Penn State, Jahan Dotson, I believe. Mm-hmm. Is that who they drafted? Um, if they did, he's not on their depth chart. No, Traylon Burks, kid from Arkansas. Yes. They drafted Traylon Burks, who I wasn't in love with coming out of 
uh, college and into the draft anyway. But they drafted him. They have uh, Robert Woods, who they just signed. Akine? Westbrook. I'm saying that wrong. Westbrook, Akine, Akine, however the fuck you want to say it. With Ryan Tannehill behind center, not a whole lot to be worried about. But their offense was kind of already almost Derrick Henry to begin with, even when he got injured last year. So he's enough to be concerned about to where it makes him semi-dangerous no matter what. Do you think they'll try to use Malik Willis in kind of like a Trey Lance role that the Niners used Trey Lance in last year where he comes in for a couple plays, um, whether it's in like a RPO situation or something along those lines, but. If they don't, that was a stupid draft pick because Ryan Tannehill is less than Jimmy Garoppolo, in my mind, for being Fair. wrong. I think so. And talent-wise, he is. Uh, so if you're not using him in those instances, you're just underutilizing your team and not not playing to your strengths. Because Malik Willis, while I don't think he's really the kind of the guy that's going to like throw the ball over the place. When he does end up being starter, I think that's what he's going to specialize in. Not necessarily Lamar Jackson, a little bit more pass heavy, but kind of kind of similar. Um, but yeah, Titans. Do you think they got better or worse? I, I mean, I think they got worse. I don't know if it's on like a you know such a large scale, but losing AJ Brown obviously is a big hit. And I know you're getting Robert Woods as you know his quote unquote replacement, but. Robert Woods is also coming off of what it was. What was it? An ACL tear. So ACL tear coming off an injury like that as a wide receiver is, is rough to begin with in a new system. Um, not a whole lot of wide receiver help on that team. Again, Traylon Burks, we'll see how good he is. And after that, you don't have much. So I think they got worse. I don't know if it was a whole lot though. Yeah. I'm not saying they got like significantly worse, but they definitely, they definitely dropped down a tier a little bit. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about that in here just a second. Uh, MVP of the team. I think we should probably both have the same one. This, you know, it took us an hour and a half to get through last week's episode. I'm, I'm going to err on the side of it may not take us as long this time. Obviously one less person, but two, because I think some of these picks are going to be a little obvious for you guys this week. Um, <laughs> and I think you're right. If you don't have Derek Henry as your MVP of this team, I don't know. I don't know who you have. So yeah, they're gonna be he, relying uh, on heavy. He's gonna have to stay healthy all year long for them to do what they did last year, at least make it to the playoffs, even. Uh yeah, they're gonna rely on him a lot. Absolutely. Um, so that doesn't even need to be explained upon any further. Let's get to the last part about Titans. Over under win total. Crazy. Nine is what it's at. Twelve win team last year. Yep. Nine win total. I looked at this. I was back and forth on it. I can't see them being four wins less of a team. I can't. Oh, I agree. I I can't imagine that even if they got worse, if they lose more than six, seven games this year, we'll give them seven. We'll say seven is probably their their floor for losses. So that put him at 10 and seven to me. I think the over is not a lock. I don't know if this would be like my hammer, you know, it's, I'm gonna go throw the whole mortgage sure. on it. But yeah. 
I think it's a push at best because I had I went I ran through their schedule. I had them at nine wins. Okay, but I can see them. I can definitely see them winning ten. I would see. I would say their ceilings at eleven, and their floor absolute horrible playing off the gate with with like kind of new pieces would be at eight, which obviously yeah. Is, but I think you have more of an upside taking the over at minus one hundred five. Like I said, tough to see how they got four losses worse. Yeah, and I just took a peek at their schedule, and you're right. I mean, they're back into their schedules a little bit more difficult, but if you can get yourself and get some mojo at the beginning of the season playing a few of the teams that they get to play, um, hopefully can build some momentum into the end of the season to steal a couple of wins that they may otherwise not have gotten. Yeah, for sure. So we both have the over. I mean, I think your pick's pretty safe. At worst, you might push. If it was nine and a half, I'd be a little more – hesitant to take the over yep. but that being nine i think it's pretty safe um second team f- team to finish second last year in division lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once actually do i have to say yes you do in the car before my kids pta meeting really yes excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky i never win and tell well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Woo, hold up. Just got a new sale. Order fulfilled and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Ah. Uh. You can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. Excuse me. The Indianapolis Colts. This is a team that shook some things up. They added Matt Ryan. Sneaky ad here, Nick Foles. Uh, Philip Lindsay, <laughs> Yannick Ngakwe, Stefan Gilmore, and Roddy McLeod. Solid pieces. They lost, though, a fucking gauntlet of players. Carson yes, Wentz, did. Marlon Mack, T.Y. Hilton, Zach Pascal, Jack Doyle, Julian Davenport, Eric Fisher, Sam Tevy, Mark Glowinski. Uh, let's see who else on here. Antoine Woods, Matt Adams. Rhodes. TJ Carey, Rocky Asin, Jaleel Adai, Andrew Sandejo. Uh, that is a huge, huge list of departures, no matter the quality of them or not. That's a big part of your team to lose. Yeah, it's going to be a big shakeup for this team, I think, on both sides of the ball. Obviously, you're bringing in Matt Ryan. Um, upgrade from Carson Wentz, I would argue. I, I don't think anybody's going to would- not argue that. But, I'm going to interrupt you for a second. Not, I'm a Carson Wentz hater, pretty much. Like, mm-hmm, not really mm-hmm. a hater. I just think he's trash. 
But isn't that Ryan even an upgrade anymore? He I think it just depends. A, he hasn't had a winning record in five years since 2017. Yeah. I mean, I think that 28 to three game scarred him a little bit. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that just really gave him the yips for the rest of his career, but you know, he's still, I think he's still a good system quarterback, no matter what I think for sure. And then he's got, I'm not going to say he didn't have the pieces with the Falcons, obviously, because he had uh, great receivers. I don't think that you can even overstate that. Um, and I think great that, receivers. I think to even add to him being an improvement, because this wide receiver room is fucking horrendous. Horrendous. It isn't great. Yeah, it isn't great at all. Their, their star wide receiver on this, sorry, sorry, Michael Pittman Jr., but that is their, that is their star wide receiver on this team. Yeah, and I like Michael Pittman Jr. a lot, but if he's your wide receiver one, I mean, take it yeah, from a Packers your wide receiver one. I'm Alan Lazard's our wide receiver one, and I don't know how I feel about that. So, but you have Aaron Rodgers. This is old. Fair. They're both old men, but noodle arm old man Aaron Rodgers <laughs> with Michael Pittman. Like, man, I I just don't see everyone so high on the Colts this year. Don't get me wrong; their defense incredible. As a matter of fact, I'm rolling to it. That is my MVP because I can't pick anyone in particular. Their MVP will be their defense if they make it to the playoffs, if they make it run. It is going to solely rely on their defense. And Shaquille Leonard, because I don't know if you saw that. That's what he wants Mm -hmm. to go by from now on. (laughs) Interesting. Okay. That's not Darius Um, Leonard anymore. He wants to go by Shaquille (laughs) Leonard. Okay. Well, that's fine with me. Whatever he wants to be called, as long as he can perform for this team. Um, I, I'll go a different direction from you because I think about how their season ended last year with the heartbreak of them losing to the Jaguars when a playoff spot was not, not inev- inevitable, but in hand, I guess you could say. But to me, if it comes down to a similar situation, you know, it's week. What is it? Do we have 18 weeks now because of the 17 week season? Yes. Yes. So week 18, I guess you have to you have a bye week. Duh. Um, if you, for those of you who are listening, I didn't just say that out loud. Um, <laughs> I think it's Jonathan Taylor, because if you if it comes down to it in a week 18 game playoffs on the line, you got to rely on your your go to player, which for them is Jonathan Taylor because, you know, he just racked up an incredible season. I think he'll build off that. I think especially with um, hopefully, again, we just talked about this, but hopefully a little bit better of a quarterback in place um, to maybe free up some more opportunities for him if they're passing the ball a little bit more. But um, when it comes down to it, I think that that's the guy you're going to have to rely on this season if if the defense isn't always getting it done. But I do agree with you that this defense is going to be a big piece for them throughout the entire season. Yeah. I I'll, I mean, Jonathan Taylor was like my like obvious go-to just because he's, he's just going to have to carry that offense kind of like Derrick Henry will have to uh, with like average to below average quarterback play and a good team. But this Colts defense is just next level. Um, I think it'll be a lot of low scoring games, uh, for sure. Like if they're not blowing a team out of the water, it's going to be low scoring. Yeah. This would be a team. I would bet the, I mean, depending on who their matchups are obviously. Right. But um, I'd be betting the under on for a lot of their games this year. I always like to pick out things like that, that I can look for trends. And if you're in the plus money over the course of the whole season, I think this is one that if you bet the under every single game for 18 weeks, 
uh, you should come out plus money. You should. You would think. You would think. Let's go over under because apparently, according to Vegas, <laughs> this should be the team that wins the division. Their over under is ten. Seems high. Can I bet a push only? <laughs> bet ten wins. What are the I, what are the what's the odds on that? <laughs> I I can't see Matt Ryan taking this team to an eleven win season. As I talked about, he hasn't won a win hasn't had a winning season in five years. He hasn't won more than ten games in the last ten years. Yeah. I mean that's pretty <laughs> compelling evidence. So I can see I mean, them winning a wide 10. receiver room like this. Yeah. I can see them winning 10, just like I could see the Titans winning nine, but I cannot see them winning eleven. So I think your I money say, might though, be safe with the under. For as I think your money's gonna be safe with the under. I, I would agree with that. I, I would lean under here as well. But I look at their depth chart. I just realized this. I don't know why it took me so long to realize this. But why did they put so much effort into that running back room and not as much into that wide receiver room? You've got your third string running back is Philip Lindsay and your fourth string is Tyson Williams, who's not a terrible backup running back. So I don't know if maybe we see them mid season somehow find a trade piece and maybe trade like a Philip Lindsay to a team for some wide receiver help. I kind of doubt that that works out for them that way, because most of the time in the NFL, you see trades for draft picks um, so you don't really see a whole lot of movement in the NFL like you do in the MLB. In no, like absolutely not. But if there was ever a time to do it, it might be now. It would definitely be now. Their wide receiver room is looking very, very, very thin. Uh, their their window to win is looking very thin. Is thin. Yeah. With, with a quarterback like Matt Ryan, if that's what you're going to go all out for. Um, they haven't had a really solid quarterback since – Andrew Luck. So best of luck to them, but I'm taking their under. I think they're going to, they're going to have a little bit more struggles than what people think. Yeah. I feel for this fan base because they were blessed with Peyton Manning and then Andrew Luck. And then Andrew Luck said, peace out just in the middle of the height of his career. I know. And ever since now then, he looks like a skeleton. A, yeah. They've been left with a carousel. <laughs> so I'm have like you seen that man lately? I have not. He have looks, not he looks him. rough. Real skinny, real skinny, real skinny, and just like kind of just doesn't look like he eats much. But either so way, um, what yeah. you're telling me is no comeback for for uh, Andrew Luck anytime in the future. I, I don't think there's a comeback. For <laughs> I mean, he's been gone for what, like three, four years? Yeah, three I years? think three years at least. At least three, at least three. Yeah, because so, they had Jacoby I think by, for them one year. So I think if he was going to come back, he would have came back already. But either way. Um, there goes that as of right now, we're going to do a little quick, little like different thing just for the first two that we talked about Titans or Colts. <sighs> That's a tough one that to me, I, I was leaning Colts going into this season just because I think that their defense has the upper hand on the Titans. The tight, I mean, we think about the Titans last year, even though they made the playoffs, they, I think their defense was kind of their Achilles heel and you know, not to be cliche, but the whole defense wins you championships thing, I think can play well with the Colts this season. If their offense can be sustainable. Yeah. But 
you also have to score a little bit too. And just looking at their offense, it looks like there's just very one dimensional. So as of right now, if I had to say, I would say the Titans like by a hair, by a very, very small margin, it'll come down to definitely their head to head matchups. I think. Um, yeah, for sure. For that division. All right, let's move on to the very significant bottom half of the division. Uh, <laughs> the, I almost said Tennessee Texans, Jesus Christ, the Houston Texans. They are next. Their additions. Marlon Mack, uh, Cedric Agbui, AJ Can, Jerry Hughes, Blake Cashman, Jalen Reeves, Mabin, Fabian Moreau, and Steven Nelson. They lost Tyrod Taylor, Deshaun Watson, uh, David Johnson, Danny Amendola to retirement, Jordan Akins, Marcus Cannon, Jacob Martin, Terrence Mitchell, Justin Reed, and Lonnie Johnson. What do you think about this team just off the top? Like you look at this team, what are your thoughts? Four and 13. That's my thoughts. <laughs> it's about as simple as it gets. Although I will say, I don't think they got worse. I'll, I'll give you that. I I mean, if we're going off purely I, last year alone, we can't say. It's hard to get worse from in. a four-win yeah. season. Yeah, and you can't really factor in Deshaun Watson as like, oh, they lost Deshaun Watson. Well, they didn't have him last year right. either, so. I, I think if we're purely looking at last year, I don't think they got worse. Did they get better? Questionable. They lost a lot of pieces on both sides of the ball, even though maybe not significant. But, I mean, losing a guy like David Johnson, who's been a shell of himself, but still performed last year, I guess, up to the team standards because, you know, they were 4-13. and 13. But you lose uh, – I mean, I like Justin Reed as a safety. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I don't know a whole lot about Terrence Mitchell – but they lost Jordan Akins. Um, so I don't know. It's, they lost like we'll a lot of like role-playing pieces. Uh, they added Marlon Mack. I think will be a huge addition to them. I love Marlon Mack. I hated the Jonathan Taylor draft pick just because I thought they had a solid running back in Marlon Mack at the time. I mean, what? why fix something that's not broke? Yeah, uh, obviously he's doing well for them. But I think Marlon Mack is a good piece to add to them. Um Jerry Hughes, and they added like just that whole like front seven. Jerry Hughes, Blake Cashman, Jalen Reese, Maben. I think those are some good ads. Uh, the QB room is lacking extremely. I don't know what the hype yeah. is or like thought that Davis Mills might be like an okay quarterback. I don't think he's very good. I really don't. Um, yeah, I don't know if they like brought in Kyle Allen to to try to mentor him. I hope to God they didn't bring in Jeff Driscoll to do that. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. 
But <laughs> Kyle Allen, I mean, you know, veteran experience, right? He's not necessarily some seasoned starter in the NFL, but has the experience nonetheless. I do like what you said about Marlon Mack because I like Marlon Mack a lot too. It's just a matter of if he stays healthy. And if he does, I think this offense could look different this year. I don't know how different, yeah. but I think that they it could sucks. make more noise than they did. It sucks. The John Mechie news kind of bummed me out, and I'm not even an Alabama mm-hmm. fan. I almost um, forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, that's something I wanted to mention. You got diagnosed with, like, I think it's one of, like, the the like least severest forms, if that's a word, of leukemia. So apparently he's, like, expected to make a full recovery. Expected. But yeah. he's out for the year. Um, yeah. Which sucks. That's, that would have been a huge piece to that team that's got a young QB, a, a pretty – below average wide receiver room outside of uh Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks. Yeah. So it sucks to see that happen. Outside of that, I don't think they added any pieces to make them like immediately better. Like I said, I like the Mac pickup. I think they had a pretty solid draft to help add depth to the team. Mm-hmm. With that being said, I think they did a little bit of improvement and work to the O line. And I think that's going to be their MVP of the season especially with a young quarterback like Davis Mills. Yeah, and if they can, one, protect Davis Mills, but two, protect Marlon Mack, I I mean, I get it. Your offensive line isn't the main thing that prevents injuries to running backs because when they hit open space, you know, you still get tackled, all that fun stuff. But But their offensive line has been, like, critical to having poor running back play over the last few years. Yeah. Because especially because they haven't had terrible running backs over the last few no. years. That, I mean, it's it's just their offensive line. But yeah, if they can keep Marlon Mack healthy, this this team could make noise, quote unquote. I'm putting my quotes in the air, but uh, definitely be better than they were last year. I'll give you that, no doubt. Um, for sure. Who's your yeah. MVP for this team? My MVP. This one was tough for me because. I wanted to go just strictly like quarterback room and finding the guy who is going to make the biggest difference for them. But this quarterback room is just so bad. Um, I think that I'm going to have to side with you on that and just say the offensive line. Cause that was my secondary pick for MVP. So again, offensive I mean, it's line, obvious, right? The, like, yeah, if, if Davis Mills plays good, like that's their MVP, but it's like, you can't, if anyone, if any quarterback plays good, it's going to be their MVP. But for him, Absolutely. it's going to need to be a little bit more than just good quarterback play. He's going yeah. to play out of his ass. I don't think he's capable of carrying this team. Uh, but the offensive line definitely is capable of helping like lift them. They may be a win or two. Um, over under, and I thought this was like a solid line. This might be one of this is my favorite uh, total so far of the ones we've covered. Four and a half. They won four games last season. What do you think? I, you know, I'd have to look at their schedule a little more in depth just to see who they play. But based on the division that they're in, because, I mean, we haven't talked about them yet, but I think that the Jags got a little better. Um, It's hard to say that it's it's hard to say the Jags got better, that they didn't get better. Yeah. Like, yeah. Davis Mills obviously going to take. Obviously, I told. I already told you. I don't think he's good, but I think it's going to be tough to say he didn't take. He's not going to take a little bit of a step forward in year two. I think they added some small additions uh, that that might make them a little bit better. 
find it hard from a four win team last season. They can't sneak five wins in there. Yeah. I just, I just looked at their schedule very, very quickly and counted four up like four straight up. There's no way that they're going to lose these games. So if they can't steal one of the remaining 12 games that they have or 13 games they have, then I'd be hard pressed to, to not find five wins. Right. Plus 100 is the over. So you're getting that even money of the two we've already talked about. Call me crazy. Taking a Texans over in team total might be my favorite right now. Fair. I, I think Five it might be one favorite. of the more obvious ones, hit or miss, but yeah, no, I agree. There we go. All right. Last team of this division, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Here's what happened. They added Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, and Arden Key. Those are my four like notable additions. Their departures. Carlos Hyde, Tavon Austin, I suppose, DJ Chark, <laughs> James O'Shaughnessy, take your ass down to Principal O'Shag Hennessy's office, uh, AJ Kahn, Andrew Norwell, Jihad Ward, Miles Jack, Damian Wilson, and Nevin Lawson. Thoughts on this team looking at it? Looking you know, at their addition subtractions, what they're looking like going into 2022. Well, I'll tell you, I think the only person that's going to miss Carlos Hyde is, uh, and, wow, now I'm blanking on his fucking name, um, Urban Meyer, Jesus Christ. I think the only person that's going to miss him is Urban Meyer, and he's not even with the team anymore either, so it doesn't matter. Um, I don't think of the pieces that they lost on offense specifically, they're going to miss too much, right? Like you, you said, Tavon Austin, it's like, oh, Okay, yeah, if this was six years ago, I'd probably miss Tavon Austin too, but no more. <laughs> DJ Chark couldn't stay healthy. He was somebody who, like, a couple years ago, I was like, he might be the next dude for the Jaguars, and he just couldn't stay healthy. Right. So, I mean, missing Miles Jack on defense, absolutely, but other than that, the subtractions, I don't think hurt them too much. The additions, you know, you got Christian Kirk. Did you overpay for him? Absolutely, you did. But he's not a bad wide receiver. You got Evan Ingram. If he can catch the ball, not a bad tight end, but so far. Or just stay healthy. So, or stay healthy, absolutely. <laughs> Zay Jones, sure, whatever. He's going to be, what, their wide receiver three probably, maybe not even. Um, I, I like that they at least feels like they revamped the offensive line a little bit. And then a couple decent pieces on the uh, secondary that they added. I think they got better, but again, as we talked about with the Texans, how how much they got better, I don't know. They got better just enough to win five, six games. Maybe. Right. I I think the step that uh, T-Law takes should be a hell of a lot bigger than the step that Davis Mills takes because, I mean, you're just looking at quality of talent there. That's going to be the deciding factor of the team. I don't think they lost too many names that are like, oh man, like they, they're they're not going to be as good without you know X player. The additions are solid. I think it's going to help build the offense around Trevor, like your Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, if he can stay healthy. I mean Zay Jones, even somebody that can just play play games and just be in there for for snaps that are important. The defense, however, the defense is rough, which is kind of crazy because you're taking a team that had such a good defense, like. Yep. Four years ago, five years ago, or so, 
Um, they didn't do much to improve it, and I think that's what's really, really, really going to kill them. Overall, they're going to need some people to step up. Yeah, I agree. I think that on the defensive end, I mean, you've got some decent names, right? Like you've got Josh Allen, you've got uh, you, Trayvon Walker, correct, this draft, if I'm not mistaken, right? Or am I wrong? It was la- it was last draft. Last draft. And then Caleb on Chasen, last draft as well. Um, yeah. So taking some second-year leaps or third-year leaps, if I'm misremembering, might, you know, we might see some improvement on that end. I think that the big question mark for me, I guess, goes is centered around Trevor Lawrence and his second-year leap. What does that look like? You've got pieces around you. I think another thing to to kind of keep in mind, too, and to look at with this team is what does Travis Etienne look like coming off of his injury without having played a game in the NFL yet? You've got a full year of experience under your belt, quote-unquote, but you haven't played in a single game. And right now they have him listed as the, or as the uh, running back one. So I think that's their guy, at least for now. I mean, you still have James Robinson on the team, but um, what does that look like? I'm sorry, Trayvon Walker was the first round pick, the f- number one pick overall this year. That's perfect. That, okay, that's this what past I year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I mean, they have like they have some solid quality people. Uh, they did a good job drafting those people. Just need to step up this year because, like, as far as veteran presence, they have none on the defense side of the ball. Um, no. MVP <laughs> of this team, I think it's pretty easy to say. Yeah, I mean. If I'm reading your mind correctly, it's Trevor Lawrence. Yes, it's right? got to be their their young franchise quarterback because this is the guy that can step, who can take the ball into his hands, put matters into his own hands, and and you know ultimately get a win for your team. So Trevor Lawrence, MVP of the team, he's just got to step up and do something. He's got to got to do what he knows how to do and what he did at Clemson, what he did in high school. Yeah, and I think that, uh, you know, I talked a lot about it last week. Uh, quick put into this uh, podcast. If you guys haven't listened to last week's episode, now would be a good time to go do that. Um, but like I mentioned a lot last week with these second-year quarterbacks, you know, I think what I said, we had two MVPs on last week's episode that were second-year quarterbacks. Same can be said for Trevor Lawrence. It's taking that second-year leap. What what does your game look like with the offense that your organization just put around you with the additions of Christian Kirk um, ETN's back. You've got a hopefully solid offensive line. Your defense is eh, but that's not your side of the ball. So Trevor Lawrence, absolutely. You've got to, you've got to make that second year jump to, to really elevate this team. Yeah. You do what you control. They put, I'm not saying they built the offense technically around you yet, but they've put some pieces in there where you can, Semi succeed. Good job plugging last week's episode. If you haven't listened, go listen now. All of our episodes for these divisional previews, they stay good. They're not going to expire. Some stuff may happen here and there, yes, but they're all pretty relevant. So, without that being said, Jaguars over under total on the year six and a half. That's a large number. That was larger than I thought it was going to be. That's a big jump to what they won two big games jump. last year. Three. Yeah. Three. Okay. So still you're, you're not, looking at four more wins. I can't see as much as I hate it pains me to say love Trevor Lawrence. Hope he does well. I can't see them being four games better than last season over doubling their win total. 
I looked at their schedule. I see five winnable games. If they play like absolute maximum six, there's no chance they get to seven. No chance. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think if there was any time to bet a team's over under, it's right now because we might see this line shift closer to the season. We'll probably see that with most teams, but this would be the team right now that I'd probably bet the under on because that seems too high for me. I thought you were going to say five and a half at best, maybe five in terms of what the over under is now. So, yeah, give me that under and give me it all day. I, I'm with you. I'd like to see Trevor Lawrence and see, succeed. I liked him in college, but I still I can't see him leading this team to a near 500 record, I guess, if they win seven games. No. Yeah, I can't either. So taking their under, I think that's my favorite of the division of win totals. Last week we had the Dolphins over and then – Fuck, I forgot what the other team we had that we really, really liked. Um, have to pull it back up, maybe. But try to make it like two to three every episode. So right now, Jacksonville Jaguars under minus 130, looking pretty solid. Love it. Uh, before we move on, we'll do division winner. If we think a team will make the wild card, and then we'll right, start it off first. We'll do that second. First, we'll do uh, rookie of the division. Do you have one? Cause I have one. Let me hear yours first. I want to hear your thoughts on this. Okay. So I, we, it's actually a team we just talked about and how somebody from the defense needed to step up. I think Devin Lloyd, their uh, draft pick from Utah linebacker. I think he's going to have a good chance to fill a role, step up, make some key plays and really like solidify himself as a linebacker. Um, and a big like defensive person on this team because Utah was like known for their defense last season. Yeah, probably didn't watch many Utah games. Was, they were always late, but their defense was solid. And he got drafted where he did for a reason. So I like Devin Lloyd, and I think he'll be the rookie of the division. Yeah, I hear you on uh, not watching a whole lot of West Coast games out here on the East Coast when a lot of those games start right. at like ten thirty my time. Hell, been rough. No, probably eleven thirty. <laughs> a lot of them started at like yeah. ten o'clock central time. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Um, for me, I also went on the defensive side of the ball. Mine, I think, is kind of like a home run pick a little bit. I went with the Texans and Derek Stingley Jr. because I don't love Stingley Jr. in terms of where he was drafted, the hype around him. I thought was a little bit too high, but nonetheless, a really good cornerback and somebody on a defense that you need somebody to step up because I, I mean, I don't love their defense in general. And if you're going to have an offense, that's going to take a leap from last year to this year, you're going to want your defense to do the same. And I think that he could play a big part in that in the secondary for the Texans. All right. I thought about that, looked at it. I'm like, he's going to, he will need to have a very, very, very good year. It's like really stand out. He's going to have it tough. He really will in that uh, in that division. I mean, you think about it, he's going to be going up against more than likely Marvin Jones, against, uh, well, I guess, Michael Pittman. And yep. actually, uh, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, he not, might have a good it, year. It's, it's not, not as bad, bad as it would have been last year, that's for sure. Because uh, you got to think these, these big rookie corners are probably going to be thrown in just – thrown into the fire, especially if they're drafted as high as he was. But you got to think you're facing quarterbacks, Ryan Tannehill, Matt Ryan, and Trevor Lawrence, who, you know, can throw picks. And 
yeah. fairly often. So the more I think about it, I like that pick. Good job, Ethan. Thanks. Let's give him a round of applause. <laughs> All right. Get a fresh beer because we're diving yeah, in. I need in one. South. We're diving in an FC South. All right. Go take off and go get one. I'll, I'll lead us in. All right. NFC South again. We're going to go from the top of the division where they finish at the bottom of the division. Kind of like the AFC South. Don't see a whole lot changing this year. Um, by the way, I think we forgot to to do our division winners. I think oh, we both had sure Titans, did. Colts. I think we both had Titans, Colts up there. I think if one of them doesn't make it, the other one will be very close to a to a wild card. See, that's where I was gonna contradict, though, is I think that if you don't win this division, you don't make the playoffs because the AFC is just so stacked. I mean, you've got to think about the AFC East this year might have. I'm not going to say three. That seems like a stretch, but definitely two teams that are going to make the playoffs in the Bills and the Dolphins, at least in my opinion. AFC West is loaded. So I think you could see three teams make the playoffs, but I think you got to win this division if you want to make the playoffs this year. That's true. That's true. It helps that the division is kind of lacking in talent a little bit, but I'm going to go out and I'm going to say I don't. I just don't trust the Colts offense enough or at least more than Titans, I can say Titans win the division again. I like it. I think that, you know, I told you earlier, I lean Colts, but I could definitely see the Titans. I think you could also see one of them running away with it. I doubt that happens, but um, I could definitely see the Titans winning it too. So, All right, there we go. All right, NFC South. Let's lead into it. Won the division last year, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Additions. Started off, so I don't forget. Julio Jones just signed him. One of the first times that breaking news will be announced on a Tuesday when we record. So thank you, Sports World, for that. Russell Gage, Kyle Rudolph, Shaq Mason, Akeem Hicks, Keanu Neal, Logan Ryan. If you were to ask me how a Super Bowl contending team could add more talent, they couldn't add more talent than this. No, I'm pretty crazy. It's it it just pains me to say it because I've I mean I've never been a Tom Brady fan. If people for those of you who know me, you know that I just like respect the hell out of the guy as a player. Clearly, he's one of the greatest to ever do it, if not the greatest to ever do it. But I have been rooting for his downfall for probably six years now, and he just Since- doesn't want to go away. Since he went to Tampa Bay, I've hated him like probably a hundred percent less because I hated him yeah. at about two hundred percent being from <laughs> St. Louis and then becoming a Dolphins fan. Since he went to Tampa Bay, I've hated him a lot less. However, the additions are nuts. Departures nuts. Ronald Jones, Gronk, OJ Howard, uh, Ali Marpet, JPP, Adam Sue, Richard Sherman, Jordan Whitehead. So, like, yeah, those are some pretty solid names. However, they replaced them with probably equal talent. They added depth to their secondary and only lost a couple starters here and there that are being, like I said, replaced to an extent. Yeah, the only position that I would say that they didn't, although I, I should say nowadays, I was going to say tight end because I don't know if you can Kyle Rudolph? Kyle Rudolph to Gronk, but 
I, I, I hear what you're saying, actually, because Gronk was on the downslide of his career. Kyle Rudolph might be getting there as well. But Kyle Rudolph, I mean, you got to think, not even just a couple years ago, was was one of the better tight ends in the entire NFL. So OJ Howard never like really OJ yeah. Howard never really panned out to be what people thought he was going to be. So it's like, it's yeah. not like they're losing a lot with either well, of those. Kyle Rudolph got, on the other hand. Yeah, I was just going to say they've got Ty, Kyle Rudolph listed as their uh tight end too anyway. So it's not even like he's their starting tight end or their I mean Cameron Brate's their main guy right now, their go-to. So you're they not always run that's why they had like three tight ends on the roster because they run two tight end sets. Yep. Uh, I mean, they have the weapons to just line up in those funky little situations. So, uh, yeah, I think they added a good amount of pieces in terms of what they lost. Definitely, absolutely cannot see a word where the world where they got worse in this division that surely didn't get too much better outside of maybe the Saints. Mm-hmm. Uh, MVP of this team, who you got? <laughs> to, I mean, to me, I, I don't know if it's a no-brainer necessarily, but I think it's Tom Brady. You know, if he's going to continue to perform like he has been year in and year out, and though he, I mean, you could say that he didn't have the best year last year, and that's saying something for the stats that he put up, I guess the best year in terms of Tom Brady's standards. But I think it's got to be him. And the the biggest reason I say that is what I wanted to talk about a little bit is because of his age. At some point, he does have to fall off. This man's not going to play until he's 50. And if he does, it'll it'll I mean, that'll be talked about for the rest of eternity. But (laughs) at some point, he has to fall off. And if it's this year, I think this team might fall off with him. So he has to continue to elevate this team with the talent that he has around him, because if he falls off, or something happens and he gets hurt and Blaine Gabbert has to come in. God love Blaine Gabbert, Mizzou fans for life. <laughs> Glad he has a ring. I don't know if he's going to be able to will this team to the playoffs like Tom Brady can. I hear you there. I'm going to go a different way. I hear you in the fact that, yes, he can't fall off completely, but I also think that he fall, he fell off a little bit last year. And you can't say that he didn't. I know you won't, but other people <laughs> – uh, he did fall off a little bit last year, and I think that he has to get carried by some other part. Because obviously, I mean, what, 45, 46? He's, he's not gonna yeah. Con- he's not going to continue to like keep getting better and keep getting better. He's going to keep falling off, whether it be a little bit, like very, very, very little regression a year. But I think, for me, the MVP of this team is the secondary because uh, it's been nuts for the last two years. And if they keep playing like they do, they're, they're going to keep putting themselves in contention to win the Super Bowl because a good secondary will will put you will put yourself there, especially in this division. So that's my MVP of this team. That's a great, honestly, that's a great pick because this secondary is deep. It's it's insane how deep it actually is, and it's kind of you know that next man up mentality that they had last year. I'm trying to remember exactly who. I think Antoine Winfield and Sean Murphy Bunting both went down. I think Sean Murphy Bunting went down week one. I'm, I may not be remembering correctly, so correct me if I'm wrong. But they both went down, and it was really just kind of next man up, and they they delivered, and they still have all of those guys. So. Like they, they're they're secondary right now. Corners, safeties: Jamel Dean, Antoine Winfield, Logan Ryan, Carlton Davis. So 
very, 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 very solid guys. And then you look in their their backup secondary, Murphy Bunting, Keanu Neal, Mike Edwards, Ross Cockrell. All like that's insane. Yeah. It's nuts. I don't know how you're gonna get past this guy. So that's my that's my MVP of the team. I know I'm going kind of vanilla tonight and kind of taking easy without, <laughs> but I have to. Um, over under on this Bucks team is eleven and a half. I I don't know how they got work. <laughs> I don't know how you don't take this over. Yeah, I I think you have to. I I don't know how they're only going to win eleven games with this team. I think again the big bank caveat. On no, Tom exactly. Brady. The big caveat is if Tom Brady falls off, but you can't bank on that. You've got to bet on the team that they currently have with the talent that you know that they can provide. And Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. If it holds up, this team might win 15 games. Like I, I, I don't know any other way to look at it. So, I, I would err over, almost no matter what. There you go. You heard it here. And first. I hate saying that <laughs> <laughs> because you as a Packers fan, I want the one seed. I want the playoffs to go through Lambo again, and us not to lose in the first round of the playoffs. So, we'll see what happens. There you go. All right. Next up, the New Orleans Saints. They added Andy Dalton, Malcolm Brown, Jarvis Landry, Taco Charlton, Contavia Street. Here's where it gets pretty solid. Tyron Matthew and Marcus May. And then drops back off with Daniel Sorensen. Um, Departures. Blake Bortles, I suppose. Ty Montgomery. (laughs) Kenny Stills. Teron, Teron Armstead. Quan Alexander, Jeff Heath, Malcolm Jenkins, and Marcus Williams. Those are some solid names on each side being lost. They are. They really are. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't know Malcolm Jenkins retired until literally just now. Um, but <laughs> some big losses on both sides of the ball. I think some decent additions on both sides of the ball. I mean, you got Tyron Matthew. You also hopefully get Jameis Winston back this year for a full year. I know a lot of people can hate on Jameis Winston. I like the guy a lot. I think that he could easily be successful with this team. And then you get a guy like Jarvis Landry. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't think they got worse for sure. I think they got better. And um, they might have gotten like semi-significantly better, if that makes any sense. Oh. Absolutely. I think they definitely got better. I think their draft helped. Yep. Chris Olave and Trevor mm-hmm. Penny. 
I do think there's big, big shoes to fill for Trevor Penning because as of right now, I believe they're putting him in Teron Armstead's spot, which prayers up for him. Um, <laughs> but I like the additions in the secondary for sure. Tyron Matthew, Marcus May, uh, the linebacker depth. If I'm going to poke one hole in this team, it's going to be their linebacker depth. I think it's one thing that might hurt them, especially when you think about the running backs in this division. You got uh, Cordero Patterson, you've got Leonard Fournette, and you've got Christian McCaffrey. So I don't know what they're going to do there, but that's the one hole I'm going to poke in this team. If you're a Saints fan, I'm sorry. But other than that, very solid, very stout, absolutely got better. MVP. Who you got? MVP. This one was also tough for me because I think I could have taken scapegoat and been like healthy Jameis Winston. Um, but I'll to me, scapegoat. I'll take scapegoat right here okay. from beneath your feet. Healthy Michael Thomas. Yep, that was actually. <laughs> you had a Michael Thomas. You had a Michael Thomas to this team with Chris Olave. And Jarvis Landry with Jameis Winston, who I know can throw picks, but throws them all over the field. I don't know how you stop that offense with them three and Alvin Kamara. Yeah, I was going to say you almost kind of took it from me because the direction that I was headed with that was to have a completely healthy wide receiver room. So you get Michael Thomas back, you keep Jarvis Landry healthy, and then you've got a rookie coming in and Olave who, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't like expect him to get hurt or anything like that. That's not what I meant. What I mean is that you got these two veteran guys, both healthy, who can mentor um, and develop Chris Olave. And you've got three really solid wide receivers for Jameis Winston, LASIK surgery and all to throw the ball to. He ain't going to be throwing the ball to the linebackers in this division anymore. He's going to be hitting his targets. And he's going to put up not 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions, but maybe 30 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. So, um, I like that pick a lot. I think that, yeah, you get Michael Thomas back, you have this wide receiver room that you have, and you might make some noise in this division. You might scare the Bucks a little bit. For sure, which leads to the over-under of eight wins. Uh, I like the over. Yeah. I, I looked at this first, and I was like, oh, I think it's under. But they won eight games last season. And then you add Jarvis, you add Olave, maybe healthy Jameis, maybe a healthy Michael Thomas. And their offense could win well over eight games for sure. And you've still got Taysom Hill. <laughs> yeah. You've got the sneakiest I mean, tight real. end of all time. Like if you try, yeah. if you don't put him in the quarterback position, he might be the best utility player in the NFL. Like if you don't play him as a quarterback, you play him as a tight end, you play him to, Run some you can put him in quarterback and quarterback formations where he yeah, gets exactly. quarterback like once or twice a game, but when he's not playing quarterback, he'll he'll be, he's a very very dangerous threat. So, I call me crazy. I like the Saints to kind of compete in this division over over eight at minus one thirty five. Lock it in. Yeah, I like it too. I think that's one of my more favorite picks of this episode, and it might be top two favorite picks of this entire episode by the time it's all said and done. Yeah, right now it's Jags under they're over. And I don't can't say I love either of the next two, but here we're gonna talk about them. Uh Falcons, here we go. Bottom half of the division. Additions Marcus Mariota, Damian Williams, 
Anthony Ferkser and Brian Edwards, offensive side of the ball, pass catchers. German Effetti, Lorenzo Carter, Rashawn Evans, Nick Kwiatkowski, and Casey Hayward. Huge addition to secondary. However, they lost Matt Ryan, Mike Davis, Russell Gage, Calvin Ridley due to suspension. Hayden Hurst, Dante Fowler, Jonathan uh, Bullard, Foyer, Aluakon, Fabian Moreau, Deron Harmon, and Stephen Means. They lost a lot of guys that I looked at the depth chart started last year on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. For a so. defense that wasn't really that great to begin with. That, that was the thing. Is like, is that <laughs> is it a bad thing? Because their defense was kind of trash. Yeah. But as of right now, you look at their team, they're they're a hot mess. They are, and I don't even know if this is a hot take because I, you know, I gave you guys a what I thought was a hot take last week, bold prediction. But my bold take, I guess, of this episode is that I think they're going to finish last in the division. Um, so oh, I'm absolutely. too ahead of myself, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know if there's any other way to put it. I think they're the worst team in this division. Yeah, I mean, you bring in Marcus Mariota as your guy. Don't get me wrong, solid guy to mentor Desmond Ritter. Don't think Desmond Ritter gets a lot of snaps. If he does, it's going to be later on in the season. You don't want to ruin a guy on the season that they're yep. probably predicted to have. But Marcus Mariota is just not in the talent room in this in this division. Like he's no, I really thought this was going to be the team to take uh, Malik Willis. I really did in the draft. I thought this was going to be the team that took him. They waited instead, and they got Desmond Ritter right this year. I'm not crazy. This was this I, year. Well, they took Desmond Ritter before Malik Willis, if I'm not mistaken. That if that was if that's actually the case, that is wild to me. Um, no offense to Desmond Ritter, but I just, I mean, I like Malik Willis a lot more. But I mean, they did add Drake London in the draft as well. But the problem is, is right now he's their go-to guy because they lost Calvin Ridley to suspension. They lost Russell Gage to the Buccaneers, who that wide receiver room is ridiculous. Now we didn't even talk about that. Um, yeah, but, this wide receiver is rough, especially because when we talked about it in our draft episode, I hated Drake London. Yeah, I I don't like their wide receiver room at all. I would be shocked if any of these three receivers get over a thousand yards this year. Kyle Pitts might. None of these three guys will. Yes, Desmond Ritter got drafted twelve picks before Malik Willis, which incredible. you say you say that that's kind of incredible, but Malik Willis, Liberty, Desmond Ritter, college football playoff. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> Not saying that's how you determine talent, but I think I think Desmond Ritter was a little bit underrated heading the draft. And Malik Willis might have been a little not overrated because I wasn't Malik Willis guy, but a little overhyped. Yeah. No matter which way you slice it, the Falcons absolutely not a competitor in this division. I think they got worse. They have no identity. They have horrible wide receivers. Um the MVP of this team, for me, I mean, it's hard to pick one, but I, I had to pick one, and I hate it because I don't I don't think he's an insane player. Kyle Pitts, because I don't think there's anyone else on the offense that's going to be able to do anything with the ball. No. I, you know, I had like a, a little bit of a scapegoat, but to me, it's my MVP is like, what does the offensive scheme look like with no identity? Um, I think that you have to put together some sort of scheme that's going to be beneficial for Marcus Mariota, who hasn't been a starter in the league for two years now. 
played behind Derek Carr last year, got some snaps here and there, and, and performed when he was in. Don't get me wrong. But, I, I mean, the MVP to me is, is like, what does this coaching staff do to help coach up these guys who, you know, for the most part, a lot of these pieces have just been kind of thrown together um, and hope that you get a product on the field out of what you have here. So to me, it's, it's the coaching staff and what do you do with the team that you have in front of you? Because I don't really know any other way to put it. I couldn't think of a single player on this team to be like, yeah, that's my guy. That's my go-to. This is the difference maker because they don't have one. So no, they don't. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they do on the offensive side of the ball. Cause their team is a mess right now, which we'll get into it a little bit at our division end recap. Something I think they might be able to throw in there to help. Um, over under on this team's wins is five. That's about where I'd expect it to be, which is crazy, but I don't even know if they get there. I had them at an absolute miracle season, six wins. Like, really, really good season. I gave them benefit of the doubt at five. But if they can't like figure it out quick because they, I think they're front loaded with some easy wins. I'll give them four. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a go under, and their under is minus one fifty. One of the biggest, one of the biggest like sides that you can bet. Yeah, I'm gonna lean under too. I looked at their schedule earlier. It's not necessarily a difficult schedule, but I, I really had a hard time just like you said finding six wins it would be like absolute miracle they beat the seahawks on the road with drew lock which we can talk about that when we get to the west but um yeah they beat them on the road they'd have to sneak a win against the 49ers because we're not huge trey lance guys um you know there i mean there's games that they beat the bears at home sure congratulations but other than that i don't i don't have a whole lot for them that i'm like yep that's a win there you go. Yeah. Like I gave them a few wins and it was like six at most. And that was being generous. So under five's the play. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun. So winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino style games to choose from, you too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a world. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. If you want to bet it, you can. We're, that's not one of our favorites, so we're not going to include that in one of our picks, but go for it. Panthers, uh, another team that was down in the dumps last year, I think can be rejuvenated a little bit this year. I like what they're, where they're heading. Don't I do as well. A little bit of, little bit of a Baker Mayfield dick writer, but I don't care. <laughs> um, additions, Baker Mayfield, obviously. Donta Foreman, um, Matthew Ioannidis. Corey Littleton, Damian Wilson, Xavier Woods. Underrated 
additions, Johnny Hecker and Zane Gonzalez. Solid enough. Departures, they lost Cam Newton, Amir Abdullah, Matt Paradis, uh, Morgan Fox, Daquan Jones, Hassan Reddick, A.J. Bouye, and Stefan Gilmore. So they did lose some good guys in the back seven. Reddick, Bouye, Gilmore. But they revamped the left side of the offensive line. They have some young wide receivers and a new quarterback. So what do you think? I think for me, one thing is that they kind of flipped sides of the ball and what their strength is. You know, last year their defense was more of their strength. Their offense was a struggle, I think. And I'm not as big of a Baker Mayfield dick rider as you are, um, but I don't hate the guy. I think that he can be successful in the NFL. So getting him as opposed to a, like a washed up Cam Newton, Sam Darnold, who God forbid, if he starts week one, I mean, we'll find out, but right now they they're not. And then PJ Walker, that's a huge upgrade to me and a young quarterback like Baker Mayfield, who has a big chip on his shoulder now, clearly had some issues with the Browns front office, has something to prove. They play the Browns week one. No better way to kind of kickstart your your new career uh, with the Panthers than to kick the shit out of the team who just dealt you a bad hand. So I think that flipping sides of the ball could could be beneficial. We talk, I talked about it earlier about how defense is super important, and it is. But if you can rejuvenate this offense, that's going to go a long way into helping you be successful as a franchise. Yeah, I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna be good for him overall. Uh, I, I think he had a lot of pressure on him in Cleveland to succeed. Um, you know, I mean, he's the first guy to to, to really take their franchise to, to that next level in fucking how many years? And then you know, the second then he that he doesn't take him to an AFC championship. It's just like, oh, blasphemy. We're going to shut him into non-existence. So I thought that – I think that Cleveland fans are kind of shitty for that and a lot of people hate him. So I hope he goes in week one and just smashes the shit out of the Browns, just destroys them. I, um, I kind of do too, yeah. Outside of that, I think if Baker plays with a chip on his shoulder, Christian McCaffrey – stays healthy they absolutely got better from last year 100 no doubt about it yeah and i'm not gonna lie to you i actually really like this wide receiver room i i like dj Moore a lot i think robbie anderson when he got to the panthers became a better wide receiver than he was with the jets and terrace marshall in a terrace jesus christ terrace marshall jr in his second year um not a bad guy to have uh down the depth chart a little bit with your wide receivers, those three guys. Adam Jeff, he's, he's, a, he's the third wide receiver. He started. Yeah, well, yeah, that's what I meant. But wide right. receiver three, essentially. Yeah. By the way, if anyone is listening to this and you say Terrence, you're wrong. <laughs> There's no N in his name. Please look at the name before you say it. That's why it's nothing makes me more mad. Nothing makes me more mad. No, people say Terrence. It is Terrace. Like when you're looking up top from like the fourth floor, mm-hmm. it's a Terrace. Mm-hmm. That's why Terrace it's that's Marshall. why it's a tongue twister because if you say Terrace Marshall, you so if you try to say that five times fast, you're gonna say Terrace Marshall or Terrace Marshall. <laughs> so So that is his name, but yeah, don't I mean I like it. And not only that, but you have a quarter like yes, Baker Mayfield can turn the ball over. We all know that. But of the quarterbacks that they have had since like Cam Newton version one that they had the first time. 
they haven't really had anyone that's been able to move the ball down the field. Like he provides that threat as well. So I like that MVP of the team. I'm going to go finally a player. I'm going to go Christian McCaffrey, just in the sense that if he stays healthy, he is the difference maker of this team. Absolutely. Uh, That was my MVP. So I'm actually going to backtrack a little bit. Since you took Christian McCaffrey, I won't. You can go with it. I'll go with it as the official pick, but to not bore everybody with the same pick, I'll give you one that's kind of a joke MVP pick. And my MVP of this team is Sam Darnold not starting a single goddamn game on this. On this, <laughs> if he starts one game for this team, they're screwed for the rest of the year. So you better There's hope no in week one that he is not your starting quarterback. There's no there. There's no way Sam Darnold plays. There's a reason why they got Baker Mayfield. There's no way Sam Darnold plays. It's not like he has to sit behind. He's not like he's going to sit behind Sam Darnold and learn anything. So, yeah. Over under Panthers, last team, last division of the night before we had an EOC, six and a half. Jesus. I thought you were going to say five and a half, and I was going to hammer the over. Uh <laughs> Which I, I mean, I'll, I'll start it off then. I'll start it off then for you. As me being a Baker fan, Baker Stan, I hope he does well there, but I have a very, very, very tough time, and they have a very tough schedule to think that they can get seven wins out of the schedule this year. If they can, it's the it's kind of the same as the Falcons. If they can figure it out early, I think they can maybe get there if they play really well. But for me, seven wins is their absolute ceiling. So I'm going to have to take the under. Can you hear that? Alien invasion. Okay, I'm glad you could hear that because I thought <laughs> it was just me. I apologize to the listeners if that just ruined your eardrums. Um, it wasn't that loud. Good. Okay, for me, I'm also going to lean the under. Like I said, I thought you said uh, – or thought you were going to say five and a half instead of six and a half because I think I saw it on Fandle today at five and a half, but I know we're going off DraftKings, so – that might be the big difference, or I might just be making shit up. I don't know. Either way, I'm also going to lean the under. I, I like this Panthers team more than I liked them last year. I think if you have a healthy Christian McCaffrey, you can do a lot more with this offense, especially with Baker Mayfield. Now the defense scares me a little bit, which is kind of why I'm hesitant. Their schedule scares me a lot more, which is why I'm hesitant. So I'm going to lean the under under six and a half games. I think that they might sit around that six to seven win marks. So this is probably one that I'm going to stay away from, but uh, definitely going to lean the under under here. For sure. So we'll talk, we'll, we'll recap our like official plays on the over unders, uh, which I feel like there's maybe only two or three total. But before we get into that, let's get into rookie of the division. Do you have anyone? Cause I have a dark horse that I love. A dark horse that you love. I actually, I'm going to be honest with you. This is a division that I did not get to their rookies this year. So let me hear yours, and I'm going to quickly look up my rookies. Yeah, go for it. Absolutely. And if you don't have one, that's totally fine because it's kind of a rough division. My rookie of the year in this division is going to be Tyler Algier, the running back from BYU that plays for the Falcons. I don't think the Falcons have like identity at running back. Yes, they have Cordero Patterson, but like he's just you. He's like a Swiss Army knife. He's used in so many different ways. I think Tyler Algier will definitely have like an extended role 
because we talked about how depleted this offense is. They drafted him. He was incredible at BYU. He played under Zach Wilson, so he knows what like a solid offense looks like. Um, and I think out, even outside of Cordero Patterson, if they move on from him, that Tyler Algier could be their future running back. So that is my that's my division rookie of the year. I honestly, I don't hate that at all. Um, I don't know the name a whole lot, but I look at this running back room, and yeah, you've got Cordero Patterson, who had a great year last year. Don't get me wrong, but a lot of it was out of like out of the pass game. Um, and it could have just been a fluke year for him, being that they didn't have a whole lot of weapons to go around. And then they did just sign Damian Williams, correct? Don't get me wrong there. So like they have Damian Williams, who um pretty solid backup. It's like but, a third down back though. Right, exactly. And so, like, that running back room has a lot of potential for guys like Tyler Algier to to do something and make his mark in the NFL early on, and I think this might be the opportunity for him. So I, I like that pick a lot. And for those wanna, of you who are listening, I don't have a whole lot to say for rookies in this division. Um, if you want to put it in perspective, for those of you don't who aren't familiar with Tyler Algier, in 2021 he had 1,600 yards and 23 rushing touchdowns at BYU. So there you not go. Too shabby. Not too shabby. You have anything. So, I'll, I'll ride that with you. Um, for those of you on for, who are listening, unfortunately uh, work got the best of me today. So I didn't get to do as much prep as I liked, but uh, clearly Travis carrying the weight for both of us. <laughs> Love that pick. We're going to ride with it. It's all right. We had a small rain here in St. Louis this morning. So I got some extra time to prep just a small, just rain, a small rain. We had 10 inches in about 10 hours, so that's a lot. We had cars. There were cars floating down city streets, so there you go. There you have it. <laughs> All right. Total, let's, let's pick two. If you really like three, we can add three win totals for each team. I don't think I really like too many in the AFC South other than the Jags under six and a half. Yeah, I like that one a lot. Um, I think that might be like our our lock of this episode, if you want to call it that. Because um, I, th- I think to me, that's a no-brainer bet. I might go place that right now. Yeah, it wouldn't be a bad one. Um, and then the Saints over eight. The Saints over eight. And then I think if we want to pick a third one, I think the Falcons under is also a good bet to me. Falcons under or Panthers under? What was the Falcons under again? Five. That's why I didn't like taking it because it wasn't at a. It there was no half for. The yeah, five was that, a push. If you end up getting at any point in this off season, the Falcons at five and a half, hammer it. Um, otherwise, I could yeah, see it maybe getting there if people out. start taking the over because the yeah. unders at minus one fifty. I don't see it getting too much higher than that before they bump it to five and a half. Yeah, no, I agree. I God, uh, well, that, never mind. That makes it opposite. At this point, it might get to four and a half. We'll see. I, either way, though, that's that's tough. You're right. I mean, five is a tough tough line. I still like the under on it, though. I mean, not we'll we'll just keep it this. We'll go <laughs> Saints because we release we release every season like our official prediction of every team over under. And then yep. we can put out our actual plays. So for this one, actual plays, Saints over, Jags under. And then we'll put out the official ones at a later date. Love it. Um, 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Let's take a let's take a very 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 short break. Thirty seconds. I'll be right back. Pause, pause, F- pause for station identification. <laughs> you are listening to Two Drunk Brothers in a Podcast, brought to you by your local liquor store. Visit your local liquor store today to find all your great beer, wine, seltzers, spirits, and more. Now back to your regularly scheduled programming. All right. There's your station identification. I don't even know what the fuck Jared's going to do with that, but here we're, we're back. If that wasn't station identification, it's me and Ethan, Two Drunk Brothers in the Podcast, episode 168. And rolling back into UFC. We're going to get it hot again, boys and girls, if girls are listening. We're getting it hot back again. 277, Nunez, Pena, Moreno, Car France. Two title fights. Me and Ethan talked about it a little bit earlier. Not really sure how much of a pay-per-view card this is to buy. But there are a few good fights on there if you're really interested. So let's dive. We're going to dive on into it from bottom to top. Jared always starts it off. He likes starting it off at the top. Don't like it. So we're going to start it off from bottom to top. The very first fight on this card, early prelims. These are two guys whose names you can absolutely not, not bet on. Orion, Kasi, and Blood Diamond. Can't pass up on these names. No, no, you cannot. Um, I'll let you jump into it, though, because I don't know anything about either one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Orion Galaxy. Kasi, and I found out this guy's name is Mike Matheta. So, very terrible name if you have a Matheta. Very terrible name. But he goes by Blood Diamond. So, two sick names. Orion, he got knocked out in his second round of his UFC debut. Before that, he had seven wins, all by finishes. Six knockouts, one submission. Blood Diamond has had only four professional fights. Uh, he lost his first inside the UFC octagon as well. So they've both lost their first UFC fight. For me, going with my last name, Orion. Take out the O. <laughs> Spelt the exact same. Outside of that, he has he just has more experience. He has more finishes up and down the ladder. Uh, eight fights compared to five. Blood Diamond, just not a whole lot there. Not a whole lot to go off of. Taking Orion minus 175, have some uh, have some skin in the game in the first fight and bet on 
your your two favorite drunk brothers plus Ethan. Ethan plus can Ethan. have the have the I uh the honorary Ryan name with him on this one. Although Ethan Ryan, I don't know. I don't know if I like the the ring of that as much. Um <laughs> I did just notice on UFC's official website, uh he actually lists his name as Mike Diamond. So maybe he just really doesn't like Matheta. <laughs> really? So, That's yeah, funny because on ESPN's on ESPN's like site when it shows you the fights, his his name is just straight Blood Diamond. So oh, nice. Maybe he just doesn't like his name. Period. <laughs> but yeah, Mike Diamond. So I, I like uh, the way the you're least, leaning, though. So I'll ride. To say with the that least, for sure. Mike Matheta doesn't really sound like a badass name. No. And imagine uh, if he were to make it to a big card and you have Bruce Buffer just screaming that name into the into the rafters. Mike Matheta. <laughs> <laughs> very true, very true. However, I mean, Orion has, has very small T-Rex arms, but a lot more to go for him. Throws a lot more significant strikes. So I like him minus 175. We're moving on in the second fight. I know it's early. We're not going to throw two. I'm not going to throw too many early prelim fights at you. But Nick Negamaranu, I believe that's how you say it. Yeah. Versus Ihor Potierie. That's what I'm going with. We're going to call him Um, the duelist because that's what his nickname is. The duelist. There you are. And I think it's Nikolai. His nickname is literally Nick. Nice. Yeah. So there you go. Okay. These guys have a shit ton of fights under their belt for being not being in the UFC very long. I think like a total of them have like seven or eight fights total in the UFC. 76% of Nick's fights, 71% of the duelist fights have been inside the distance. The ones that haven't been inside the distance, uh, or I'm sorry, every one of their fights that have reached the third round went to a decision. So not one of them have been under two and a half rounds without going the distance. So I'm taking under two and a half rounds at minus 145 because 71%, 76%. You got to think these guys finish fights early. We're hoping for knockouts here, submissions. Yeah, I like that. I was looking at their uh, kind of the tail of the tape a little bit, and I did notice that Nick is has a twelve and one record in the UFC, and this is uh, his debut or Ehor's debut, the Duelist. So I don't know if experience will play a factor in this for Nick. He does have a a bigger reach, but a shorter leg reach, so he must have really short legs. Um, but it seems like that, yeah, a lot of their fights have not gone the distance. So I, I like I like that too. I like taking the under of two and a half rounds. If you yeah. want to bet both, if you want to bet both, you take the under two and a half. You could also take Nega Moranu, uh, who's had I believe this will be his fifth fight in the UFC, plus one ten versus UFC debutist. Uh, might not be a bad pick as well. So yeah, there you go. Might make that an official pick as well. Although, let's contradicting myself because you know how I, you know how I like my debut fights, and then those guys always seem to pull it out because they got more to prove. They do. 
All right, right, so let's just go under. We'll just stick straight with yep. the under. Sticking under. Have something to prove. Could fucking just stick him with a jab and knock him out in 20 <laughs> seconds. We're going with that. Next fight, Jocelyn Edwards, G. Yon Kim. Sorry, both those girls suck. Uh, not going to bet shit on that fight. Uh, up from that, there's a guy who's a minus 550 favorite. Not going to bet shit on that fight either. Nope. Uh, <laughs> Drakkar Close and Rafa Garcia. Was going to bet the under on that fight, but it was way too heavy-sided, just like the money line. Not going to bet on that either. So we're going straight into the next one, which I believe start is in the prelims. Dantali Mays, Dantali Lord Kong versus oh, Hamdi. Yours says, yours says Lord Kong. Mine says King Kong. Interesting. Interesting. So maybe no one knows what the fuck it is. <laughs> Mine said Lord Kong versus Hamdi Abdul Wahab. Just going to call him the hammer because that's his name. Yep. Because yep. his name's a fucking nightmare. Dantali versus the hammer. This is the hammer's UFC debut. Mm-hmm. So we know how Ethan likes those. He's coming <laughs> in at five and zero. all five knockouts. Maze, however, you think about the five knockouts. Dontali Mays has only been knocked out once back in his Dana White Contender Series debut in 2017. Since then, he's faced Cyril Ghan, uh, Muhammad Usman, who is fighting for the Ultimate Fighter finale next weekend. So it's Kamar Usman's little brother. And then Nascimento. Those are his three, like, kind of bigger name fights. Not gotten KO'd by any of them. Actually went pretty far with Cyril Gone uh, and then got submitted by him. He has four inches of height, eight inches, eight inches of reach. Mm-hmm. By that alone, I have to take Don Tally Mays at minus 155. Yep, that you're absolutely right. I was looking at this and you said it best of like, you know, I love my debut fights, but then I looked at one, his reach, and then two, just some of the previous fights that he had and if you're fighting a guy like Usman's, you said it was his little brother. Um, yeah. You know, pretty good bloodline there to be fighting against and holding your own. <laughs> so, Cyril Gone alone. If you don't yeah. get knocked out by Cyril Gone. Yeah, absolutely. So, I, I have to roll with you on that one. And I I would take it the distance, though, um, if you wanted to double dip. But I think that he wins no matter what. Take it the distance. The only issue with me with the distance is that the uh, the hammer <laughs> he's had he's had one fight been stopped uh, due to injury in the third round, but his other four were first right. round finishes. Yeah. So like Don Tally Mays, you know, he could just get some nasty ground and pound if the dude's super tired later yeah. on in the fight third round so maybe just take him minus 155 is not horrible odds um might not be something to look into either though if you want to take it the distance and get some extra boost the next fight drew dober rafael alvis drew dober if you don't know you think you might not know is me and jared's guy we love this dude um he's 24 and 11 so he's fought a lot of fights he's not like the mo- the most successful guy, but his fights are entertaining as all hell. Minus two ten, so I'm not going to take him. I probably wouldn't throw him in any parlays either, just because this guy comes out swinging. 
What I would do if you're going to take anything in this fight, I'd take the under of two and a half. It's minus 185, got some juice on it, but if you want something in this fight, take that. Not making an official play, just throwing it out there because I had to talk on my guy Drew Dober. The Alex Morono Matthew Smellsberger fight. Can't have a good name when you're Smellsberger, but I'm not touching <laughs> that one either. Um, also, not touching the Mangabed Ankalaev and Anthony Smith fight. First one of the main card. Yep. Anthony Smith is a plus 400 favorite who has been around the UFC longer than, I don't know, a frat boy's come sock underneath his bed. Like, it's been Fair. that long. Um, Magomed Ankalaya, huge, huge up-and-comer guy. Not touching it. He has 52 professional fights. That's insane to yeah. me. He's, he's been around forever. I listen to his and Michael Bisping's, Bisping's podcast, if you're a UFC guy. Listen to that. Super interesting. Believe you me. He's like super, but not, not really like offended, but he was talking about the other day. He's like, he obviously he's seen the odds. He's like, I think I would give myself a bigger chance. And he's talking about how he thinks he can beat him. And I'm just like, dude, uh, I think everyone would think that, but no, that's gotta be super demoralizing. Right. As a just a professional athlete to go into a fight, and be like you are plus four hundred odds, right? Yeah. <laughs> so no on that one. We got plays in the next three fights. Technically, um, actually, I guess there's four. Yep. Alexandre Pantoja and Alex Perez. The Alexandre Pantoja's nickname is the Cannibal. I wouldn't want to fuck with anybody's name that's nicknamed the cannibal. No, probably not. <laughs> Outside of that, Perez really hasn't fought too many big names. He's fought Figueredo, Benavidez, which he both lost to. His notable wins are Juicier, Formiga, and Espinoza. Pantoja, on the other side, has beaten Brandon Moreno, who's fighting for an interim title. Mm-hmm. Matt Schnell. Who's a beast, and Brandon Roy Val, who's also a beast. He's a tough dude. He's had he's he's been in the war. He's been drugged through deep water. God take Pantoja the cannibal at minus one seventy. Yeah, I like that pick a lot. I uh, I was looking at this fight a little bit, and just one. I think something that stuck out to me that again, as somebody who's not like very in depth with the UFC, I could be way off base here, but something that stuck out to me is that his average fight time is almost double of what Alex Perez's is. So I think that his stamina alone for the ability to go later into rounds, I think can play a bigger factor because if this fight goes more than two rounds, I, I don't see how he loses. And then on top of whatever else that you might mention with this and that you already have mentioned, I think it just, this, this fight leans in his favor in multiple different ways. Look at the deep dive from Ethan Short <laughs> on fight on fight best. time. Listen, listen to that. Listen to that. You don't get that anywhere else, people. You sure don't. So, and you probably you won't sure ever don't. get it again. <laughs> you don't. You don't get that. So that is that's incredible. That makes that makes my research even better. So Pantoja minus one seventy. There you have it. Thank you, Ethan. You're welcome. Next up. Derek, the Black Beast, my balls was hot. Lewis versus Sergey Pavlovich, isn't that uh the dude with the dog? 
context. Pa- I need some context for the, what you mean by that. Pa- Pavlovich dog. Pavlovich, Pavlovich's dog with the treats. Maybe. You have no idea what, you have no I, idea what I'm know, talking about. I think I know what you're talking about. Come on. We learned about this in either high school or college. Oh, no. You, you're you talking about uh, the fucking like behavioral conditioning? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. What? It, it's just Pavlov is what it is. I'm pretty sure. Pavlov, yeah. not Pavlovich. <laughs> I added the vich. Uh, that's you know what? Thinking a long time ago, man, I wasn't good at science. I was good at a lot of things <laughs> in school. That was not one of them. Hey, obviously not me either, but. <laughs> 10 beers deep, you gotta start doing some digging. Either way, this dude's a big motherfucker. Okay. Yeah. Pavlovich, 15 and one as a professional fighter. Uh 12 knockouts. However, I think this is a ginormous step in competition for him. Like, if you look at who he has fought, really nobody crazy. The only guy that he's fought. He took it. He took a big step into the UFC and fought Alistar Overeem. Got knocked out by him in the first round. So that alone tells you, like, okay. Then they dropped him back down, fought his way back up, knocked out a few guys, and now they're giving him Derek Lewis, um, who I believe has not fought Overeem. No, he has not. But for those of you who watch UFC, you know that Derek Lewis knocks out guys like no other. He is like kind of the king of that he's a crazy motherfucker so with that being said i think it's gonna be a hell of a fight thought about taking the under but it's one and a half don't really trust it going that far i worry mm-hmm. about pavlovich's stamina though um he just really hasn't been there he's knocking out guys in the first early second round lewis has been there he's been through deep water he's been drugged through the third round not saying the dude has the best stamina because he does not. <laughs> Obviously, you rip your shorts off at the end of a fight and say your balls are hot. You don't have great stamina. But I think he has better stamina than the other guy. I th- this is gonna this may come back to bite me. I either bet against Derek Lewis and lose, or I bet on him and lose. But at plus 105, I I cannot not bet against Derek Lewis. Gotta take him. Yeah, I don't have the odds on this directly in front of me, and I might be able to pull them up super fast. Bestfightodds.com. Yeah, but if I were if I wanted to take anything that wasn't a fighter here, I would probably take the method of victory just in this fight alone to be by KO or TKO because 80% or more of each of these dudes' fights has finished by KO or TKO. And, on, and less than, like, I think it's like 5% has gone to decision slash maybe 10% for uh, Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis, sorry, excuse me. You were absolutely correct about Pavlovich. His uh, his average fight time is minuscule. It's like around three minutes, whereas Derek Lewis's average fight time is around 10. Um, so we just talked about double the average fight time. Derek Lewis is over triple the average fight time of Pavlovich. So his stamina, though, big dude kind of a, you know, throwing haymakers type of guy. Both might get tired. I look for just both of these dudes just to beat the shit out of each other for this entire fight. And if it ends in a one round or three rounds, I think it's going to end before it gets to a decision. So, um, so I like your pick a lot. But 
So what w- what did you like? What was the pick that you were looking for? If it was just a win by KO, TKO, just straight up for either of them. I couldn't find Not it on Vandal. sure. Yeah, I don't know if that's able to be bet anywhere, unfortunately. But if not, I I think the under one and a half might be too risky to bet. I agree. Better off just getting that value with with Derek Lewis. But either way, should be a hell of a fight. I mean, there's no Derek Lewis fight that's not fun to watch. Um, Next, these the the two title fights on this card are pretty high juice to squeeze the one that i think might be good juice to squeeze is the interim title fight between brandon moreno and kaikar france i i really don't think kaikar france is is ready for what brandon moreno has to offer i'm sorry um brandon moreno beat davison figueretta who i thought was unbeatable a couple years ago or last year actually um submitted him (laughs) Then lost to him like right after that this past January. They fought. They fought three fucking times. So yep. it was a draw, win, loss. I get them all mixed up. But he beat him. He's already beat Kaikar France once, and I think that he's. I mean, I think that he lost. He got the title, lost the title. I think he wants it back, and then he's gonna want to go fight Davidson Figueredo again. So at minus two ten, is the juice worth the squeeze? I don't know, but I would take it. Yeah, I think just the mixture of he's been there before many times with the hunger of wanting to get it back and getting back to maybe fighting Figueroa a fourth time um, might be just enough. That's to crazy. Up, right? Insane. I I want to know if there's been, and there probably has, but I want to know if there's I been don't know. fighters who fought four times. Like, None I that I know, know of. So... But I, I think that there is a hunger there. There's a desire to get back to that level again. And then also just the fact that he's been there before is, is enough for me to put him over the edge. He is the favorite. Um, he's got the experience. I, I don't see any other way to put it. If you want to take the minus 210, I think that it's probably worth the, worth the squeeze, as you said. Yeah, for sure. And then you, if we want to touch on the uh, the – God damn it, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, Amanda <laughs> Nunez and Juliana Pena yep. fight. I I just don't see a world in which Amanda Nunez loses twice to the same girl. They were on the Ultimate Fighter. Not not on it, but they were coaching against each other in the season's Ultimate Fighter. So it's coming to the end. They fight this week. The Ultimate Fighter finales uh, for the women's and men's division are next weekend. Um, and then on the on the final episode of the Ultimate Fighter, they like squared off against each other, and Amanda Amanda was like, "I'm, I'm getting my belt back. That's mine. Like, it's my belt." Mm-hmm. And she's like very very determined. I don't think that I think her not to say Juliana Pena's work ethic is less, but I think Amanda is like much more determined, and I would not want to fuck with her. No, and I mean Amanda's a dog. Like I. I've liked Amanda Nunes for a while now from somebody who, you know, again, I say this every single time. You guys know it by now, but like not super in-depth UFC, but I watch a decent amount of it with these guys. And Amanda Nunes is one of my favorite uh, women's fighters on that side of of the uh, octagon. And 
you're right. I don't think that she's going to lose to the same girl twice. I think that she really wants that belt back. She has that work ethic. And like you said, it's not that um, Jesus Christ. Now I'm blanking on the opponent's name. Not that she doesn't. Thank you. Um, Doesn't, but Amanda Nunes, I think is just going to come out and she's, she's going to show why she's been one of the best fighters on that side of the octagon for the last three years, I guess, plus probably. So, so, and I think a thing that adds to it, and I don't want to think, I don't want to talk about rigged sports or like it's set up, but sometimes you might think it is. I think Pena in the first matchup was like over plus 700 odds to win the fight. And she did here. She is the belt holder plus 230. And I think Amanda the first time was like minus a thousand. Now she's only minus like two yeah. or 300. So they're like, they're drawing people in to bet Juliana Pena here at plus at plus 230 odds. Cause those are great odds for, for the belt holder. I don't think it happens. I really don't. So there you have it. Ladies and gentlemen, we went even longer than last week <laughs> uh, with just the two of us. So hope you stuck around for this long. Uh, thanks for listening. We will have another episode. I don't know what I would imagine. Jarrett went east, south, west. Nope. We're going north <laughs> next week. We're going to talk about my Packers. All right. So we're going AFC, NFC, north next week. I believe Jarrett will be back with us. So all three of us, we will see you next week, folks. Thanks for tuning in and happy drinking. Peace out. Peace. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 